Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Nerd Talk, Nerd Talk, talking about Nerd Talk, yeah! Hi, and welcome to Nerd Talk Plus, our weekly deeper dive into the stories that make this world nerdier. From Odyssey's Nerd Talk, I'm your host, Gregor, and he used to work here. Now he sells stuff to people Drugs, in random mostly. houses in Spokane. Yeah. He's branded yeah. from the internet. Yeah, hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey. Uh, neither of us a scientist, engineer, or supervillain, but if you are, let us know what we get wrong and perhaps even what we get right. We would ask that you write a review if you're listening to this on demand. That would be really cool as a podcast. I think the number one podcast review place is the uh, Apple podcast thing. I encourage you to listen on Odyssey because they're paying for the production of this, not for Brandon to. Yeah, not for me. But <laughs> and I'm actually at my home using all my own equipment. So, huh. okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, yeah, if you okay. can leave a review, <laughs> and, and, and wait, and I'm pretty sure you paid for the equipment that I'm using. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. So, yeah. what are we doing this for? <laughs> <laughs> Making somebody else money. <laughs> this episode's question of the week: What are we doing this for? Again? <laughs> I just asked. Uh, uh, chat GBT, uh, yeah. what, uh, what questions should I ask a bunch of nerds? And, um, and the answers are like way, way more deep than I would expect anybody to yeah. go stop, go f- to iTunes or Apple podcasts and write a, 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 write a review answering this question because like all of a sudden our wall of reviews, which is like six right now, right? Uh, our wall of Ooh. reviews would be people responding to the question like, um, what are some of the most interesting scientific discoveries or technological advancements that you've come across recently? Or um, what are some of the most important ethical considerations that should be taken into account when developing new technologies? Like, would a robot have nipples? And <laughs> and what would a robot skin feel like? <laughs> it's like human flesh over metal alloy, right? Or yeah. that, that's yeah, what yeah, Terminator yeah. says? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to do that, I don't know. Our question of the week. Oh, I got a question of the week. Are you ready? Yeah. Now our question of the week. <laughs> what is the best number? Oh, 69. Yeah, 420. <laughs> I mean, I'm Canadian, so I do the math automatically. Just, right, obviously. Know. Yeah, we know the answer to that question. Like, that's not <laughs> yeah. like, don't even bother going to leave us a review. Do, do actually go do that. But <laughs> <laughs> the review is just like, I'm not sure that they know what math is. <laughs> like, uh, I would like to start before we get into what the best number is by showing you something on the, um, if you're able to see this on a video. You see this right here? Yeah. This is my fancy new Rubik's Cube. Oh, is it? Okay. 
And uh, ooh, that's that's good action right there. Yeah. Uh, I do Rubik's Cube. Um, I used to compete at it, whatnot. Okay, great. I have like a world ranking and everything. It's pretty crazy. It's like 85,000th now, though. I used to be top 10,000. Boy, I have a lot more people started cubing. Um, but uh, I spent, I want you to guess how much money this Rubik's Cube costs because it's a pretty low, like what do you call that? Like a low barrier to enter the yeah. competitive world of speed cubing. But Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm like looking at it, and and as somebody who like knows nothing about about Rubik's cubes, oh, okay, it's got a cool little logo in the middle. Yeah, it's called. It's made by Gan. It's called the Maglev 13. Okay, it's got magnets in it. It's pretty dope. Okay, uh, it does. It does look like. Um, it does look like it would be more. And this is coming from somebody. It looks like it's just spins so nice. Like as somebody so nice, who like dude. loves to fidget with stuff, like that looks like. I just want to, but it's like you know, it looks. I'm gonna guess. Uh, tw- 20 bucks 75 dollars on sale down from 89 yikes i spent 75 dollars on a rubik's cube yeah i mean like what's the, i don't ever want to have a retirement yeah but you know if you get uh, from 87,000th uh to like you know 69,000th it was worth <laughs> yes. it right the new goal <laughs> i'm gonna find out what that is while you're talking at some point i will look up what it's gonna take for me to become 69,000th fastest in the world yeah i want you to we'll... get it like right on the dot too uh, if possible yeah i don't know i think i'm not that competent is the problem but if i was in the you know top 69,000 would that be better yeah it would be absolutely worth it okay yeah. I'll, I'll look that up here in a second um so like what's the like what are the um like okay so so I ride bikes and I, mm. you know, as somebody who's into that hobby, I know a lot about. And right, is in his thirties with a disposable income. Like exactly. It's like, yeah. You yeah. could like feed it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a dentist for what it's worth. Uh, but so I ride bikes and I know kind of like the difference between, you know, two products that might look exactly the same to somebody else, but I could tell you why one is, you know, marginally better and why it would cost, you know, a couple of hundred dollars more. Um, what can you tell me about why this Rubik's cube costs more than like the $10 one from the, you know, I don't know, target. Yeah. Okay. So the Rubik's brand is terrible. They're not designed to be fast. They're just designed to be a puzzle that lasts a long time. So they're not quick. So as Rubik's Um, real quick, just to clarify, Rubik's is kind of like, uh, Kleenex where everybody calls mm -hmm. it a Rubik's cube, but it's actually like not all of them are Rubik's cubes because Rubik's is the brand. Hungarian professor Dr. Erno Rubik. I don't know if his name was actually Doctor, but it's uh, Rubik is his last name. Okay, and so it's Rubik's cube that he developed, and I think it was a, as a way to show spatial relationships in math. I think okay. that's what he was doing, and then he made it into this toy, and people were like, "That's pretty cool. I bet you I can do it. I bet you I can do it." And then he sold it to Mattel or Hasbro or one of those. I don't know, one of those companies. Yeah, yeah. And then by, that was in like 76 that he came up with it. And by like 81, one in three American households had a Rubik's Cube because the price point was so low and wow. it was like a brain buster. Yeah, yeah. And so like they're everywhere and you just kind of took it for granted, I think, back then. And so. So, but like um, the thing you have is technically not a Rubik's Cube because correct. it's not owned by, or not owned by, you own it. It's not uh, made by Hasbro or Mattel. It's or a magic it puzzle cube. Oh, oh! It doesn't do any magic. I don't know why they say that, but yeah. it's. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to get it to cast spells a lot. <laughs> it's a sexy puzzle cube. <laughs> it's like you can just throw any ad- any adjective that you want or <laughs> on there. It's a it's a horny puzzle cube. <laughs> it's hard as a rock puzzle cube. Um, yeah, but it's uh, the. 
what ends up happening is that nerds are doing this and they want to go faster. And so they start like, I've got a 3D printer. I could just go ahead and print my own. And then like back 10 years ago when I was really active, there was probably like between five and 10 cubes that you would consider using in competitions just because they were machined a certain way. And when they spin, they spin faster. And when you when you go to turn a corner with them, you could be already doing the next move oh. as you're going. And so there's like, you can't see it with, unless you're seeing a video of this, which you aren't, but there's like little, um, there's the little notches holes in, in there the corners. and stuff so that you can see how it can cut corners better and yeah. everything. All these things come into play. But then uh, about three or four years ago, five years ago, maybe now, um, you started being able to put magnets into the cube, and I, I can't really show that too easily. It's like up there on the top, whatever. Uh. And so it stops in place, and it pulls itself around, and like I can already hear the people that are like, I thought this was cool, but then I realized that everyone's cheating, and like, yeah. okay. There's- well, no, I mean, I guess like as you're saying this, I'm thinking about like there's in, uh, in cycling, just to bring it back to something that I know about, um, there is there are all of these different uh, innovations in bikes, right? That the, the, you, the, the, the governing body of cycling has said like, yes, that's great, but we're not going to use that in, in races because it, it like circumvents the spirit of the sport. Right. So I'm assuming that that same thing exists here in, in Rubik's cubing. So yeah, magnets are illegal. Cubing. Magnets were illegal. I wish I had another cube here to show you, but um, magnets were illegal until a few years ago, and then everyone was using it, and so they just uh, they they're like a really practical body, the World Cube Association. Yeah. And so like forever, you see how this cube doesn't have any stickers on it; it's yeah. all just like solids. Yeah. Forever, you couldn't use a stickerless cube because they thought that when you got a quarter turn, you'd be able to look down there and see that that's green and that's yellow or whatever, and it would give you an advantage as you were solving that you could look ahead where a piece was without actually having to turn and look at it i think they realized that that was like you're talking about fractions and eye movements so small that it wasn't worth it so now none of the cubes have stickers anymore it's crazy yeah Uh, they're all just plastic pieces and so this one though specifically made by gan is the maglev 13 and what they've done if you think about a rubik's cube it's six-sided like a six-sided die and that means the centers everything always spins around the centers and the centers are fixed so like on my cube blue is always across from green no matter what um, and everything spins around it. When it's going, it spins around that point. And so when you're solving, you keep that in mind. Well, that means that there's on the inside, there's an X and a Y axis and then a Z axis. And so at the end of each of those is a magnet. And then at the end of the pieces that are spinning around it, there's a magnet. And it you can adjust how far in or out the magnets are. And so it tells you how ten, or how tight the cube will be or how loose so if the magnets are further apart, it's looser. And if the magnets are closer together, then it pulls so it's not, it doesn't move as fast. So if you prefer a rigid cube, if you want a little more resistance because it gives you more control, then you can set it for that using magnets, which is mind-boggling that somebody designed this whole thing, came up with it, did all the math on it, and then made it work and made it work really well. That's uh, it. I think when you get to a certain point where you do it enough and you're so good at something, like those marginal gains are obviously so important right because it can be the difference between a fraction of a fraction of a second and that could that at this point i feel like i don't know what the world record speed is for solving a cube and what the difference between first and second place is like you said cuban (laughs) solving a cuban Cuban. yeah (laughs) (laughs) we must solve that um no but like the issue i mean i'm sure it comes down to thousands of a second right like the records are probably now being beaten by 
like very, very, very marginal margins. It was like five and a quarter seconds for a long time. That was like, I think Matt Falk set that time, like back in 2014. And it was like that for a while. And then it just, yeah, people just whittle away. And if you get like, when you're solving, you go through these steps. There's like six steps that you're looking at if you're using my style. And sometimes like you'll go to start step five and it'll already be complete because you'll just get fortunate. Yeah. And so you'll it's called a skip and you go from four to six. And it's just like, so that is like... At my speed, that's maybe five seconds that I get to take off. But at like these other guys that are going so fast, it's like fractional, but enough to set the um, to set the world record. Wow. The current three by three by three cube, that is the Rubik's Standard, cube that everyone yeah. thinks of. The the time, a single fastest time is three point four seven seconds. And what's the difference between first and second? So and he, I, if I remember correctly, it was at it was in uh, China in twenty eighteen. He got like a massive last layer skip. And it like took, you know, like it's just no one can replicate that time without that skip right now. Sure. We just don't have yeah. the agility or the recognition. The um, That's the single fastest. I can actually click on this to find out more. Let's see. Single. Oh, it's um, no, it's only going to show me one at a time. Sorry. I'll, I'll figure it out. But then the average where you do your five times, you drop the lowest and the highest and you get an yeah. average. There's a tie between two guys, this guy Timmon and this guy called Max Park. If you watch the Speed Cubers documentary on Netflix, which is well worth watching, it's amazing. Just watch these kids do this; it's really cool. Um, those two have an exact same score of four point eight six seconds for second for tied for the average. Now there was a controversy now ten years ago when the timers started having a third digit, and so it was like it would be like four point eight six one or whatever. Yeah. But the like World Cube Association doesn't it recognize it. Really? Yeah, and so because all these times were already set, I don't know what the what the holdup is now, but um, they're they don't recognize it as official. So the official times are all to the um, hundredth of a second. That's crazy because like in every speed sport that there is, where it's potential for people to tie in such slim margins, like you think you're into F one, I'm into cycling, like everything is timed to the thousandth of a second, right? At least, if not even if not even further, right? And yeah. the fact that cubing where everything now at the top of the at the top of the list, right, everything is so close, you would imagine like, well, we have to be able to split the hairs somewhere, right? Yeah. It's like Second just who pl- looked sexier while they did it. There's not a lot of sexiness, let me tell you. <laughs> the Rubik's Cube things. I mean, I feel like it's a guy like, named Max well, Park. Like that sounds like he's primed to have like a cube movie made out of him. Like Max Park to the max speed. Yeah, I mean you gotta yeah, yeah. Max Verstappen meets Max Park. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I don't pronounce Chinese names really well, and so I apologize because the phonetics aren't don't work for some reason. But Yu Shengdu is the guy with the fastest time of three point four seven seconds. Second place is the U.S.'s um, Max Park with three point six three, which is insane. Then uh, Jody Brewster is from Australia at three point eight eight, followed by Asher Kim Majerik who is a 3.89, followed by Luke Garrett, who's 3.95. So we're talking about 0.07 seconds covers third through fifth. That's wow. wild. Oh, there's a tie for fifth. Wow. This is crazy. Yeah, Max, How- Max Park looks, you know, he looks pretty cool. Uh, Max Park is a special guy. He, um, yeah. I believe that... Forgive me, everyone, if I'm wrong about this. I'm not trying to be ableist or whatever, but uh, I believe that he um, is 
on the spectrum in some capacity and pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, and so his thing where he really shines is Rubik's Cube, which is a pretty common thing that in my experience I came across. There was a lot of kids that like their parents would come up to us. We used to organize events and be like, my child doesn't do anything. He can't do events at school and stuff like that. This is the one thing that he or she does. And it's so awesome that they have a chance to come out there. They all stand and look at their cubes and just spin them the whole time and don't talk to each other and stand in a circle doing that. And it's like the sweetest moment because kids who otherwise wouldn't have friends to be hanging out with, who wouldn't feel comfortable, still won't communicate with each other. But the way they communicate is by standing around in a circle and doing their Rubik's Cubes. It's, it's, it's amazing. You're not wrong. It says... Uh, his at least his Wikipedia says when he was two years old, he was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism. They were told that he would need lifelong care. His motor skills were impaired, um, and so they his mom got him into Rubik's cube, and he yeah. began learning speed cubing. Uh, and he made progress in social development by waiting in a queue and mirroring body language on a podium at competitions. So, um, yeah, it's cool. It's like it's like the thing that helped him like come out of his shell. Uh, it seems like according to his Wikipedia page, at least. Once upon a time, there was a kid from Renton, and his name is Kevin Hayes, and he was like the fastest big cuber. So, like the the three by three cube is what you think of traditionally with the Rubik's cube, but then they have a layer that's like four by four by four, five by five by five, and so on, and they go all the way up to seven by seven by seven um, in competition. And so, once upon a time, Kevin Hayes was like the preeminent big cuber, and he like was in Renton, and he would come to all our events and everything. And they had when I moved up here, and I had just. Um, brought home our baby they had an event at this church up the street from my house like so close to like within two miles of the house and kevin hayes was there and he had gone on a multi-city cubing comp tour with max and his mom and just took him around to help him be part of the cubing scene or whatever and they were like down the street from my house the second best rubik's cuber in the entire world just operating his thing right down the road i like I'm really bummed that like I didn't understand the significance of it. I knew it was happening too. I just couldn't yeah. pull my I couldn't do that to my wife where I'm like, I gotta go to a Rubik's Cube event. See you later, nerd. Enjoy your baby. <laughs> um, so it seems yeah. it seems like um it's one of those things that's actually very impressive. Uh like being able to do Rubik's Cubing. And it also seems like one of those things where like the difference between like professional athletes when you see them out in public, like the reason that all professional athletes are so I think about, I think primarily in like soccer, right? The reason that like professional soccer players are all so handsome is because they are in peak physical fitness and that's like 90% of what it takes to be good looking, right? It's just to like <laughs> be, well, you know, traditionally good looking or, or maybe what culture would define as good looking, right? Yeah, like, just they're, they're, they're peak physical specimen. Exactly. And so like outside of professional sport, like there are all of these people who are doing mad impressive stuff um, like Rubik's cubing, or like even the people who are great at um, uh, uh, like esports, right? Like we talked a lot about the esport Olympics last week, right? Yeah. Uh, like maybe the guy, well, the guys doing Zwift are probably in great shape, um, and and the guy and the girls doing Zwift, like those people are all probably in great shape. Um, but then like what what the chess masters, for instance? This all just comes down to the fact that I'm like picturing like you know, your age, Gregor running down the street to like get the autograph of, you know, four by four speed cuber, Kevin. And he, the guy just being like, nobody's ever recognized me in public before. I have no idea what this guy looks like, but I, I'm just assuming he's not like peak physical specimen, like Cristiano Ronaldo. 
Yeah, uh, Kevin Hayes happened to be a collegiate swimmer, so he was in great shape and oh, a handsome Oh, dang, kid. okay, there we go. But like, but that happened to just be like a separate thing. It's just it's one of those mentalities where if you could dedicate yourself to something and you're able to do anything physical, that like that lends itself. Like the the fiercest competitors tend to be good at whatever they put their minds to because they won't right. stop, can't stop. Um, and so, yeah, it's. Um, it is whole... like not by no means am I like disparaging like yeah. saying that everybody that does esports or Rubik's cube is in bad shape. I'm just saying like the the it's it's funny for me to think about like when you watch interviews at like esports competitions, right? You like see the the broadcasters or like the the correspondents like will pull the the guy who just won the League of Legends tournament aside and like interview. Oh, and hey, what did you see during that? Blah blah blah. And that like they have absolutely zero idea of how to talk to this person, right? Because they spend so much more of their time. It like, they're not like, like athletes thrust in front of the media constantly. Cause it doesn't get the same attention. So they don't get practiced like that. Right. And then like yeah. half the time they're like 17 year old kids or like 18 year old kids. It's like when you watch like uh, the young soccer players who are like, just came out of the Academy have to talk to the media. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked, uh, uh, it was good. The soccer was good. And I did, Good stuff. Yeah, thanks. I interviewed Mike Shinoda last week, and he's at this level where he's had enough media training that he's not fun to talk to because he's like been such a star. He's like yeah. so big worldwide. He's not not fun to talk to, but he's like very. Um, he's he's there trained. To, he's practice, and he says the same thing in every interview to make sure he's consistent and he doesn't yeah. you know out somebody for something or ruin something. It's just it's uh, yeah that degree of professionalism is how uh, it carries on. It's cool. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, well, anyway, today's a very special day. Today is March 14th, at least it's special in countries that keep dates like we do, which is different than everyone else in the world. Today is Pi Day, the most tasty math ever gets. When I ask you the question of the week, what's the best number? I feel like this could be it, Brandon. I think that uh, it's it's an irrational number, which means it never repeats as far out as you go that they've calculated it, right? 3.14159 is the number. Um, if you think back to math class, pi is the irrational constant that helps you calculate the circumference of a circle. So 314 is March 14th or 3.14159. So back in 2015, that was a fun one, you know, and when you could yeah. extrapolate it out a little bit more. Um, I think it's really cool that this blew up and people started getting really excited for it. I think a few, I don't know if you were still at the station out. A few years ago, we actually made an experiment to show that like you could use a pi to measure pi. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, and if you did like the whatever the the circumference of pi, we could actually measure it out and draw it and predict it, and then it like worked perfectly. I've got a gif of it somewhere. Um, it's just fun. It's a good excuse to eat pie. 
Oh, I guess there's the question of the week. What's your favorite flavor of pie, Brandon? Oh, Dutch apple pie, no doubt. Just like right, just bam, yeah. right through. Yeah, yeah, I have a, I have that's an easy one for me. I love, uh, I my wife says I'm a picky person. I disagree, but for the most part, in my heart, I do agree. Like I am pretty. Uh, <laughs> I, You're particular. I, How about that? I'm particular. Yeah, I, I have I have preferences when it comes to. Uh, the do you get Do you get a little whiny when you don't get the the one that you want? Do you get a little no, like, grumpy no, or upset? No, like I'm I'm happy to eat whatever and i don't complain if if they, if there's something for me to eat like i'm not going to complain um but like uh you can bottle that like, up inside get mad later yeah exactly and and <laughs> how'd you know um it <laughs> thanksgiving is always tough for me because i like i just i hate pumpkin pie right what? but but i know i know but like um pecan? i my what's that pecan pecan yeah no don't do it like basically i just eat apple pie or like strawberry rhubarb is good Ugh. Uh, but like yeah, apple yeah. pie but specifically a dutch apple pie with the crumbly tumblies on the top oh it's oh man it's, yeah it's my go-to my wife's number one pie that she makes is a crumble is a apple apple pie crumble and oh, yeah she used to always use the granny smiths in it all the time and then she didn't have enough one day and i was like oh awesome so we had to use some Fuji apples. Uh, it's yeah. probably Pink, Pink Ladies her, is her jam, actually. Yeah. And so we um, we combined the two, and the pie was just a little sweeter, but, like, not saccharin. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's not a sweets person. And yeah. change, change the game. I'm with you. That apple pie, as I get older, is incredible. My problem is is that my R.I.P., my dead mother, used to always make me this pie that I – it was a uh, che- cream cheese cherry pie, and it's oh. – the Snohomish Pie Company, which is near where I live, does a every weekend they do a cream cheese pie with a different topping, and sometimes they do a raspberry topping or a cherry topping, and it like messes me up because it's just like mom used to make, and yeah, like yeah. so if I have a choice, that's always the way I go. But I do really love an apple pie. Oh yeah. Are you pie I'm, or cake? What's that? Are you pie or cake? If you can have one. Oh pie. I think I'll take pie. Yeah, apple pie with like with a with a good ice cream. Uh, on the side, a little scoop of vanilla ice cream on the mm. side will, uh, yeah. I also love a peach, like a peach pie, or and like and like I'm not I'm not too picky between like a cobbler mm, yeah, and yeah, a pie. No, all, you know, like it really peach. is all the same to me, dude. Uh, there's a um, so where I live, uh, Huckleberry is mm. huge. Like it's a yeah. really popular flavor for things um, here in the inland Pacific Northwest and. <laughs> Uh, it's, I mean, it's everywhere. Like, you know, Western Montana, Northern Idaho and, and Eastern Washington, it's like all huckleberry, everything when huckleberries are in season. What's really interesting about huckleberries is that, um, they are almost impossible to cultivate. They, they like only grow in the wild. And there's been a bunch of different studies where different universities, especially here in the Northwest have tried to transplant they take wild huckleberries and they try to transplant them and grow them so that they can then cultivate them on like a on a larger scale scale, and and actually farm them but they can't they literally can't like it's it's a they try so many times they try so many ways and it's like astonishing to me that in in 2023 with like modern science like we just can't figure out how to replicate the growing environment for a wild huckleberry (laughs) and so like last year my dad came over to town and um he my dad loves to make jam right like freezer jam and so he was like well what kind of freezer jam do you want to make because um in my backyard we have an apple tree growing and we have a plum tree growing and um and i was like yeah well like you know we we we've made a lot of apple stuff this year and and we've eaten a lot of plums um and 
So like, let's, let's go see if we can find some huckleberries. Two things about huckleberries. One, because they're impossible to cultivate, like commercially, they're incredibly expensive, right? Mm. So when I came home and told my wife how much I paid for these huckleberries, she was very upset. Uh, <laughs> two, because they're impossible to cultivate, you can't just like go to the store to buy them, right? Like you have to go to like some weird, like random farmer's market, find a guy whose fingers are so black from the cigarette, like smoke that he's been smoking for the last, you know, he like smokes his cigarettes down, his hand rolled cigarettes down to the nubs, right? Like the only place that you can get them is like, go to this guy. He's got no teeth. His his fingers are black. He gives them to you in a Ziploc bag. And he's like, that'll be 40 (laughs) bucks, you know? And it's, uh, and then you take them home and and they're incredible. They taste great. It's awesome. Um, And so we made like a uh, huckleberry cobbler and like huckleberry. It's it's incredible. Huckleberries are are just like the best thing in the world. But, um, but it's like, it feels like you're buying illicit drugs every time you go buy them. (laughs) Guys, like you could smoke them too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the record for memorizing and then reciting back pie is 73. Thousand decimal places. I, I'm sorry, this is not nice, but it's like kind of a Max Park type thing, right? Like where yeah, you, yeah. the numbers are your your one thing that you're comfortable with. And so for you. ten hours, he just sat there and just said numbers straight. Yeah. Like I think, how, I think how long it takes to memorize ten hours worth of oh stuff. My you know? Gosh, the I would, yeah. yeah, like make a song out of it. I can't even remember my Indian neighbor's name. <laughs> Because it's not like Americanized, and I'm an yeah, idiot yeah. or whatever. Let and alone, you're an a-hole. <laughs> yeah, let alone a string of numbers ten hours long, right? <laughs> it's hard, man. But you know the thing that catches me out the most on the on the community uh, WhatsApp thread that we have is that I don't know the genders of some of these names, so I have uh, no idea who I'm talking to, and I sometimes have to Google it to be like, like I don't. That know. happened. I mean, that's uh, that happened to me as well with a couple of clients who were buying some land out here. And, and I was like, I don't, I don't, don't huckleberries. Know. Yeah. 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 They're just trying to like, it's like trying to strike gold out here, like finding oil. If you find a wild huckleberry, huckleberry plant on your, on your land, you have to like build walls around it. Um, no, but that's like, that's a true thing. It's like trying to figure out, you know, who exactly you're talking to. And that's like, just because I'm like, like you an a-hole. No, I feel like if you're, uh, if you're in a neighborhood that like, I live in a neighborhood that is more than half, uh, foreign technology workers. We're just in the middle of the suburbs, man. It's not like it's like a buy Facebook or something like that. We're like, we're in the middle of nowhere. And so I feel like if you are part of a group of people that is like kind of ostracized or kind of feels whatever the fear is of being in a place where you just hear about the cop shooting brown people all the time, like whether that narrative is true or not, like that's all you hear. That's gotta be tough. And when the white guy neighbor you get is me or you all even apply. I think that while I'm an idiot, I'm like a well-intentioned idiot. And so like you're, you're not worst case scenario, white guy living next door, especially in Snohomish or Spokane where I am. Yeah. There's a guy at the end of the neighborhood, the militia guy that I like, he's a pretty cool dude, but like in terms of like seeing him out on the, getting the mail or whatever but like if i was those people i'd be like that's this is the, the guy he just has a glock banner hanging up in the in his garage so that when yeah. he opens the garage it just says glock <laughs> what's your like, favorite sports team guns <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> great but also like i make cool with everybody because when inevitably the you know the zombies come or whatever the first guy first line of defense is that dude <laughs> that guy's protecting your your cul-de-sac 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I've been cool to him. He's like, I, I don't know about the Indian people, but he's like, he's going to protect me, I think. <laughs> anyway, I haven't played it this year, but NASA is always nice enough to make an impossible question related to the number for Pi Day. And so that'll be fun. I'll probably go check that out here. And um, anyone outside the U.S. today, it like, must seem absurd to see this trending or whatever. Back when Twitter used to control such things, maybe it wasn't so bad, you know, that like they could just switch it off in other countries. But now it's just a free-for-all Wild West situation. They do the numbers the other way. So today is the 14th day of the third month of 2023. So it's 14-3, and that doesn't mean anything. That can even <laughs> reduce down further. Or it can't, but you, you know what I well, mean. Well, on the, on the first day of... Oh, wait, let's see, 3.14. No, on the fourth day of the 31th month. <laughs> the 31th month is exactly right. <laughs> now, for them, the fraction that you can do to most closely get to pi is that works like at high school math level is 22 over 7. Okay. And so for them, July 22nd is their Huckleberry Jam. So. <laughs> anyway, happy pie day. Eat some pie. Pizza pie also counts. Pagliacci around me always does something fun with that. And, oh, nice, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And so um, I should make some pizza. Yeah, there you go. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm gonna drive over there. I'll be there in six hours. Okay. What's your favorite made up holiday? <laughs> Christmas, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite is uh, I was. Uh, we unintentionally did this, but my wife and I got married on National Donut Day, and we actually had a donut wall uh, instead of cake because I'm not a cake guy. Um, yeah. And so we had a donut wall and uh, National Donut Days is uh, June 4th or no, wait, June 3rd. June 4th is her birthday. <laughs> Whoa, that's a weird call. Yeah. Well, that's two gifts for one. I guess that's okay. Yeah. It makes it easier every year. Yeah. Get it all out of the way. Well, this is going to, I don't know, break some blood vessels and face or something like that. His eyes are going to be shooting blood. I'm going to beep his name. I don't want him to get the credit. Uh Annoying news person from one of the propaganda channels. There we go. Uh, healthy mice babies have been, I don't know what the right word is, like engineered from the cells of two dads with no moms. <laughs> so uh, it's like a reverse Jurassic Park, I suppose, where the, <laughs> they used amphibian DNA to fill in the gaps and the dinosaurs reproduced anyway without males. <laughs> actually, you know what? This might actually make that annoying person from the propaganda news channel stoked because we can finally get rid of women. <laughs> but no, but if the whole world's gone gay, he'll be very upset about that. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm not saying that for me or whatever. I, this sounds like if you could apply it to humans and two dads could have a kid, that'd be badass. I'd be happy for him. Um... But yeah, it's uh, like when I thought about this, I always um, imagined that this Japanese scientist who used gene editing to change an XX chromosome to an XY, if I get that right, I, I always screw this up. Genetics not my thing. Um, but he made an egg and then fertilized it with another dude's mouse batter, <laughs> and then like the this mad science experiment bore babies. I thought we would use technology like. What's it called? CRISPR? Yeah. Gene editing. I always thought we would do it either to be like awful, like make everyone white type yeah, things, yeah. or more realistically, just make giant wieners or bigger <laughs> boobs or something like that, you know? Like, I really think I that's want my what... kid. I want my kid to slay in bed. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, the CEOs that aren't tall, and so they're getting the height, the yeah. extension surgery or whatever. Just yeah. like do the CRISPR and. 
Yeah, the legs start growing a little bit. You have some growth spurts when you're 48, and yeah, no big deal. Yeah. I didn't think that we would just get nature drunk and then be like real weird when it wasn't looking in a non-gross way. I said that earlier, yeah. and I was like, not like get it drunk and then take advantage. I just mean like, hey, yeah. look over there, and then be like, we're going to make weird owl-bear hybrids is what Dave Clark told me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Man-bear-pig. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I want from South Park forever ago, I want the pot-belly elephant. The big yeah. ear, the little, comes in oh, through the little dog a little door. Tea, little teacup elephant. Yeah, like bonks you in the leg when it oh. <laughs> wants your attention. You're like, hey, cut it out. Yeah. Dumb little I, goat. It's, it, is, it is funny that they were like, um, uh, so as somebody, so I... Uh, uh, we're gonna have a kid in in July, another kid, and um, uh, R.I.P. Me and <laughs> um, and we did a, a at home blood test uh, early on to that's supposed to tell you what the gender of the baby is going to be, right? Um, and we went to there's all of these ways that these blood tests can be wrong, right? Like if you if any of my like hair or germs or anything get into it, right, it could give a false positive and say it's gonna be a boy. Uh, when it's actually a girl, right? The idea is that um, the mother wouldn't be carrying any Y chromosomes, uh, mm. so you wouldn't be able to get a false positive, right? So when your dog so, runs away with it across the across the e- room, exactly. I mean, that's literally what happened. They say you can't do it if you have boy dogs in the house, if you have bo- like men in the house, yeah, like son, or anything like that. So we have a, a little boy already, and so anyway, so she went to a um, a lab, had the blood work taken. And then um, sent it off, and they sent us an email and said, "Look, you're having a boy." And we're like, "Great, cool, um, good to know." And so uh, then we go to get the 20 uh, week ultrasound, and she says, "You know, do you want to know what the gender of your baby is?" And we're like, "Ah, oh, well, yeah, actually, no. We already we already know um, what it is because we did the blood test thing, you know." And we're and, very smart, everybody. Yeah, we're very smart. Like, uh, and she she says, uh, okay, "I don't know if you've so, listened to Nerd Talk, but it's really." <laughs> It's very uh, high very highbrow stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she says, okay, well, what do you guys think you're having? And we're like, well, we know we're having a boy. <laughs> and she's, Maybe you didn't hear me. <laughs> yeah, we did Medical the blood test, dummy. Uh, and then she's like, okay, well, let's take a look. And she's, you know, a couple seconds later, she goes, what'd you say you're having? We're like a boy. <laughs> and she's like, are you sure? Because I see a big vagina. <laughs> it's bigger than usual. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, so the, the thing was wrong. And um, uh, so the fact that science like uh, is now able to make two, uh, like I thought, you know, I thought typically people would um, use this, this stuff to, you know, like have people who are who care a lot. Like we don't care what what gender the baby is that we're having. But I I was just assuming that they would use it to help people say like I really want a boy. Therefore, I asked this this the person who's doing the ultrasound like what's the craziest thing she's ever seen while doing an ultrasound? And she said that she told somebody that they were having a girl, and the husband got up and like yelled at the wife and then stormed out. Um, and that guy would be totally down with making uh, two gay mice have a little boy because that's really Hey, they don't have to be gay, bro. Okay. <laughs> that guy like storms out. He's like, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and... <laughs> and you're like, oh, dude, chill. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He was very angry. <laughs> so scientists are calling on the global community with urgency to clean up the space junk. Every time we launch a rocket up there or some satellites or Elon Musk wants to send another whatever those, I don't know, internet Wi-Fi things are called up there. 
It pollutes the around the shell of the Earth, effectively. Um, I find it interesting that scientists are like, we got to clean up space junk while the global community isn't answering the calls of the ocean, which provides us life. Like, the whales <laughs> have been on hold for decades now. Like, hey, um... Is it our turn? I got a real problem out here. <laughs> but yeah, space. Let's just get right on that. No Your deal. call is very important to us. <laughs> um, now I feel like just wait until some like communication satellites crash into one another, and then your smartphone won't load TikTok, and people like it'll be the fastest problem we've ever solved. <laughs> like Gen Z will be like, "Fire the secret rockets! We're going up there to clean this crap up." It's just this Gen Z militia. It's like they don't have guns, but they do they, have judgment. <laughs> they do have judgment. They, they just shame. They just make you feel uh, really uncool until you're forced to do the thing that they want you to do. <laughs> You know, I just thought, I don't know why I thought that that was, um, I just think it's like, we could obviously have more than one problem at a time. Yeah. This isn't like a sports team arguing over a sponsor and being like, I can't be expected to police all of the things I wear. I just hate this one. And so don't even come at me saying that yeah. I have to be ethically responsible with everything. I'm just very mad about this sponsor. This like, is obviously are, a real thing that happened that I'm not going to bother getting into. But yeah. What are we worried about? Like with the junk in the space? Um Putting our junk in space? Like, why are we worried about that? Uh, well, the actually, the thing that I said is kind of realistic. The, so they're worried about, like, this this extra debris and kind of stuff, like running into something up there that's actually important. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then screwing up some sort of service that this satellite provides, right? Additionally, like, for looking to the heavens, for trying to find out what is actually out there, that's another, um, that's another thing that's becoming increasingly more difficult as you're earth-based telescopes are seeing space junk go flying by and it's polluting the pictures you're trying to take and whatnot so it's like when you're looking in a pair of binoculars and like somebody gets up really close like the thing that you're looking at is very far away and then somebody gets up right in front of you "Ah!" (laughs) all all these scientists are just like they're annoyed that they keep getting startled as they're looking through their telescopes and then like elon musk's little space crap flies by much closer (laughs) than they were the thing that they were looking at they go "Ah!" (laughs) we must solve this now, this is from the times.co.uk. They say that there's only 9,000 satellites up there right now. There's plenty of other stuff that's up there, like rocket bodies and stuff like that. Remember when that one fell over China and they were like, yeah. oh, well, or from China, they were like, well, whatever. I'm sure we'll be fine. Earth is big. Um, it's going to grow to over 60,000 by the end of the decade, with uh, estimates estimates suggesting that there are already more than 100 trillion untracked pieces of old satellites circling the planet. So, like, if every satellite has 10,000 pieces and they break apart over time, then, like, you start doing that a bunch. And then the space station, I keep saying that they have to, like, fire the boosters on the space station to make it move so it'll avoid right. incoming stuff. And, like, the thing is that I think people don't understand is that if you're driving on the freeway, this is a big thing in Seattle like a few years ago. You're driving on the freeway and someone on the side throws a rock at your car. It does hella damage, right? And yeah. you're going yeah. 69, of course. By right. the way, I was thinking about how as I go through the toll things or wherever, as as I'm monitored as a driver, I want to know if anyone has a better batting average of driving, of having the cruise control set, adaptive cruise control set at 69, yeah, yeah. Yeah. more consistently. Like, if, you know, if every time they, like, got an image of me i bet you i'm more than 20 percent of the time going 69 <laughs> and i bet you i'm pretty close to like 
the most immature driver that there, there is. is. There is like some some like uh, guy on a keyboard monitoring all of those things. It's just one of every, us. Every every single time you drive by, he goes, huh, "Nice." <laughs> that, that guy rules. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to delete the fact that he is traveling without having an extra passenger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the stuff in space to stay in orbit has to go seventeen thousand miles plus per hour. Yeah. So, like, a race car goes 200 miles per hour, and that's, like, if that hits a rabbit, like, there's no more, it's just spray. It's just, it's just yeah, red yeah. mist. Well, it's and it's what's crazy to me, and in, in the way you think about it, right, is that, like, uh, all of these satellites, all of these items that are up in, up in orbit are going, you're like, okay, they're all going in orbit, but you think about not everything is going in the same direction or even in the same direction. Uh, pattern right so you like the it's like you're going on the freeway thankfully there aren't very many cars on the freeway but at at least right now there's not a ton of cars on the freeway however they're all going in different directions very very fast the likelihood of you hitting one right now is not very high however if you do hit one you're game over yeah Yeah. that's game over (laughs) yeah Especially at that kind of speed. Or if, like, like the Russian segment of the International Space Station had to be shut down for a while there. I don't know the specifics, but, like, a small something or other, just a little piece of debris went shooting through it, and it just rips a hole in there. Because there's no, yeah. like, space shields that protect it, though there obviously should be. But, like, we haven't figured out Star Wars imaginary technology yet. Yeah. Whatever. But anyway, I um, I find this all to be fascinating and... Also, at the same time, like, the, there's an unprecedented amount of ocean garbage here on Earth, and so it's like, at some point, like, those space satellites are just going to be beaming down signals for no one. <laughs> yeah, but if, if if ocean garbage kills a whale, it's not going to affect whether or not I can log into Instagram. Yeah, man, you got to gotta see if that tweet got any action. <laughs> this is, I guess, if we wanted to end on a positive to balance everything out here, this is... um. This is cool. We started switching from milk that comes from cow boobs to stuff made from plants in the last decade, I would say. That's become really popular. Like, I have a five-year-old that only drinks oat milk, and he's like a little tiny barista or something like that. Um, But I think both cow milk and plant milk are kind of going to be a thing of the past. Now that dairy producers have made milk by using either fungi or yeast. Now... This California company has, like, perfected it. They're called Perfect Day, and they're, like, you know, there's, like, big companies, like, big Nestle's of the world and stuff that are getting into this. And it seems like we could cut down on needing any dairy cows but still have all the killer ice cream and cheese and stuff and without the hormones, Mm. without antibiotics, without lactose. People that are lactose intolerant, there's still a portion of the lactose that you don't get rid of that will still potentially affect you and your pooper or whatever. But, like, the stuff that goes into adding it or is more harmful for us can be controlled and not put in there, but you still get real tasting milk or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And and so everything can stay pretty same. Now it is made from yeast, which I was like, that's pretty gross. And then I was like, well, so is bread. Yeah. And I I love bread. Bread, beer. Yeah. I was like, we all enjoy a pretty yeasty drink. Not all of us, but I do at least. And that's beer. And then I got to thinking, wait a second, if you can get yeast and brew beer at home, it's like homebrew milk going to be the next big thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we got this thing that makes it so we can have, uh, like, we can make oat milk at home, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. But have you ever had uh, nutritional yeast before? 
Yeah, in, my my vegan wife is big into finding ways to add in extra sustenance that she needs, and so I've had yeah. nutritional yeast. It it bothers me a little bit. Uh, the flavor is just just wrong enough where I'm like, what's gone wrong with this cheese? <laughs> I've had it in a couple things where I like. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever seen it as a cheese replacement as much as I've seen it as like a this is a thing, right? And I think that that's that's where I think if I saw it as like this is instead of cheese, I would have thought that as well it's like when i have an impossible burger i'm like this is instead of meat but that's, my point is not worse. it's not like she's putting it on instead of cheese she's doing it to add a, sure, yeah. just like some i don't know what it actually provides or whatever yeah, but yeah. for me the flavor i get I is like proteins uh, yeah i'm like no yeah. this pasta that is definitely yeah. does not have cheese on it is the it still feels like there's something wrong with the cheese my favorite um my favorite uh, uh, salad dressing that my wife makes is a cashew-based Caesar dressing that yeah. is delicious. It has no dairy in it. And I'm not like a particularly sensitive stomach to dairy. I mean, to other things, yes, it absolutely like wrecks. Other things absolutely wreck me. Soda? Well, can't do. Um, what? I know. It's weird, man. Um, you can't have a Mexican Coke? Oh, I mean, I will. I do. I still drink it. I just yeah. know I'm going to have diarrhea. Um, the... Uh, uh, but but I, I actually kind of, you know, as a as a person who uses a lot of yeast in bread making and stuff like that, I yeah. think uh, this sounds like it could be cool. I think that the biggest thing is like with everything, I feel like I, if I know that it's a substitute to something, um, like what you were saying, like it's maybe it wasn't a substitute for cheese and the things that, that yeah. she was making. But like if I know that it's a substitute, like somebody made yesterday, they made these like really cool for dinner, like a, a friend of ours made these really cool like chickpea based kind of fudge mm-hmm. things. And I think if she hadn't told me that there was chickpea in it uh, instead of dude pee, right, which I'm totally cool with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, if she hadn't told me that there were uh, garbanzo beans <laughs> in this thing, I might have been... Uh, I might have not thought about it, but because I, I knew I was like thinking about, and this is where I realized my wife is right when she says I'm picky. But um, but if I had not known, I yeah. might have just been like, oh, this is actually really good. But because I was like thinking about it, right? It changed my, uh, my experience with the fudge. I was, <laughs> I was raised on margarine. And oh, yeah. so I like, that is a vegan substitute. You use you know, uh, plant-based margarine and it tastes, I don't care at all. It makes zero difference to me. Like, so a lot of the stuff, a lot of the vegan substitutes, like my wife makes biscuits all the time and there's, we don't use any, um, buttermilk or any, like, I don't know if you use egg usually in biscuits or not, but none of that. And it's like, they come out great pancakes the same way. It's, um, it's when you substitute flour for almond flour and stuff like that. Yeah. There's no such thing that I've found where the flour substitutes are even close to the to the real thing. I mean the the, the corn yeast, I guess. the yeast likes to eat flour. It likes to eat the 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 gluten um well, it doesn't like to eat the gluten, but it likes to eat the flour in order to to feed and grow and that's where you just you have a harder time getting the bread to actually rise uh when you're not using a a regular flour or a high protein flour. Yeah, it's um the vegan substitute stuff, I have no problem with. With the you put in the oat milk. I, now, that being said, 
a bowl of cereal with oat milk is gross to me. I, it's not what I'm looking for. I don't. I right. wouldn't dip my Oreos into oat milk. That's dumb. Yeah. Like it's just I just wouldn't have milk instead. Yeah. But like I live in a house where we have a substitute all the time. Only some like you said with the I love Impossible Burgers. If you say, do you want an Impossible Burger? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have that. Like if that's what the option is, I'm sure. in. But if you're like, we're having burgers tonight, and then you put an Impossible Burger in front of me, I'm like, hey, you tricked me. <laughs> but also, not, I'll eat it. That. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But if you say, hey, do you want a cookie? And I'm like, ooh, and then it turns out that it's gluten-free. I'm like, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. fired. Yeah. I came home the other day, and my wife had made for breakfast for my child. She had made him gluten-free biscuits, and I almost called the police. <laughs> I was like, you can't. I didn't actually do that. <laughs> she did, though. And then I, and I later on, I was like, so gluten-free biscuits? And she was like, they weren't good. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. So we know I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't have to. You know, it's one of those moments where I was like, oh, yeah, weird. Okay. I'll just yeah. note that here in my notebook of yeah, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> uh, a unrelated, um, I recently went to a ice cream place, a, a popular ice cream place with lots of chains and branches. It's called Baskin Robbins, all right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I pretty much get the same thing every time I go there, but I try just about every ice cream that they mint have. Mint chocolate right? chip? Uh, yeah, mint chocolate chip. It's the best ice cream that exists. It's the Baskin Robbins mint chocolate chip. How did I guess that? I don't know yeah. how I got that right. I have no yeah. framework for knowing that. Yeah, it's funny that, but you're spot on. That is my go-to. Uh, but they had a chicken and waffles ice cream uh, that I tried that was delicious. So huh. um, if you ever want to experiment, <laughs> don't like lift to, your eyebrows at me when you say like, that. Like, like, like to. And what did we learn this week? Brandon wants to experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what did we learn this week, Greg? That brings us to the end of the show where we try and determine what it is that we learned this week. It is a heady show after all. What did we call it earlier? We, we had a different name for it. Uh, whatever. It's what did we yeah. learn this week. Yeah, uh, we learned that it ain't necessarily gay for two dude mice to have a kid, bro. It's not gay, okay? So back off. Yeah. The scientist it took it out of me and put it in him, okay, bro? And it potentially could be um, awesome for uh, for alternative families, as they might be labeled. Sure, I don't yeah. think that way, whatever. But yeah. that's, uh, I just want to be clear that we are, this is all tongue-in-cheek and that we yeah, fully support. Yeah, Both yeah. of us are, like, big-time supporters of marriage I equality. Am, so I am okay for the mice to be gay if they want, okay? <laughs> Not what? Damn it, Brandon! <laughs> Not a choice! <laughs> uh, what did we learn this week, Gregor? I learned that Brandon is totally cool with dude pee. Chick pee, not so much. <laughs> Garbanzo beans. With straight I, out. I gotta tell you... No, I'm not gonna tell you this. I'll save it for off air because it's gonna be too weird. It's yeah. about pee, people peeing. I'm not gonna... We're not gonna okay. go there. Okay. Uh, if it's more for, than 11 seconds, it's uh, you should get it checked out, apparently. Nerd talk, nerd talk, talk about nerd talk, yeah! Okay, thanks for joining us for uh, live Nerd Talk Plus on the Odyssey app. Happy Pi Day to you, 3.14159. Um, every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., we bring this to you, and then you can find it in the podcast provider of your choice. Of course, Odyssey is one great option for that. If you do get it from Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I'm Gregor. Bye, Brandon. Stop putting your junk in space. <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.